0: Okay, Shalom lechem. Thank you for joining. Uh, tonight we're going to learn the halachas of harvesting. We spoke a little bit about harvesting uh, last week, and now we're going to go into some of the rabbinical decrees that were made because of the prohibition of harvesting on Shabbos. One of the uh, reasons why the rabbis and tzaddikim made so many prohibitions about this particular uh, prohibition is because it's so easy just to take an apple and pull it off the tree. And therefore they made, as we discussed last time, various prohibitions to prevent us from coming to take an apple off the tree. Um, we learned last week how you're not allowed to smell an apple while it's attached to a tree, lest you forget and take the apple off the tree t- while you're smelling it, because you might want to eat the apple. We learned that if an apple falls off the tree on Shabbos, you're not allowed to pull, pick the apple up from the floor and eat the apple. And we also learned that there are two other decrees that our sages have made because of harvesting. And that is, number one, you're not allowed to use an animal at all on Shabbos. And number two, you're not allowed to, uh, the reason why you're not not allowed to ride in an animal is because we made, the sages made a decree because if you ride an animal, you might end up taking a branch off a tree to guide the animal. And similarly, you're not allowed to use a something which is attached to the ground at all. So those are the four general decrees that our sages have made. Tonight we're going to focus on the law of riding on an animal and see very practical applications as that's our focus to figure out halacha, practical applications in halacha in our lives. So we're going to go through this from the Talmud to day-to-day life today, let's begin with learning the Gemara. Tez in Gemara on Shabbos on page Kuf Nun Dalim Beis, Abaye Ashkeche Levir Rabba Kom Shasle Lebrei Agavda Hamor. Abaya found Rabba playing with his son, and the way he was playing with his son, he was putting his son on the uh, on a on a donkey. And he was putting the son of the donkey, on the side of the donkey, to, uh, to, to just to play with him. So um, Amal told his teacher, Rabba, how can you do this? Marbal you're using an animal on Shabbos. You're using it for a game, but you're not allowed to use an animal at all on Shabbos. So Rabba responded, I'm only using the side of the animal. When our sages said, you now allowed to ride in an animal, they meant you can't ride in an animal. Riding on the animal, on top of the animal itself. But the side of the animal is not forbidden. They only made this decree, you can't ride in the animal, lest you take a branch to help guide the animal. But if you're just going on the side of the animal, there is no prohibition. That's what Rabbah said. However, the Gemara goes on to discuss this at length and bring various opinions. And the conclusion of the Gemara is The side of the animal is prohibited. The side of the side, we'll see what that means in a moment, the side of the side is permissible. What does that mean, the side of the side? There's a similar expression uh, regarding the laws of using a tree. It says about a tree, you're not allowed to use the side of a tree but the side, a side of a tree you're allowed to. What does that mean? So regarding a tree, it's very simple. Let's say you have a uh, hammock. You want to attach your hammock to a tree to uh, lie on the hammock on Shabbos. So halacha is that you are not allowed to not only tr- climb a tree on Shabbos, but you're not allowed to even use a hammock which is attached to the tree. It's called, it's considered to be like the side of the tree. It's, it's considered to be secondary to the tree. But if you had, let's say, a basket, and the basket was attached to a hook that was driven into the tree, so then it would be okay for you to put something inside that basket. You wouldn't be allowed to put the basket on that hook because then you'd be using something that's attached to the tree. But the basket itself is called a secondary of secondary or vice vice or whatever you want to use the expression in english is not considered the tree it's not considered secondary the tree it's it's a a third step removed from the tree and so then you're therefore you're allowed to use the basket and put something in the basket take something out of the basket which is attached to a hook which is attached which is driven into the tree you could also um similarly you could also um oh similarly you're allowed to um take the, a ladder, and put a ladder against the uh, tree, and then uh, um, the ladder itself is considered studding, consider the side of the tree, and therefore the ladder would be forbidden. But if there would be a hook that the ladder was leaning against, so then it'll be, you'll be allowed to, uh, if the hook was a hook was driven into the tree, and there's a ladder leaning against that hook, so then it will be permissible for you to climb on that ladder on Shabbos. So let's transfer this halacha now to the laws of an animal. The altar says in um, in Simen uh, Shinhei If there is a wagon a, a animal is leading this wagon in side an area where you're allowed to carry on chops. even though there's a non-jew who is guiding the animal and therefore there's no reason to, to worry about a Jew taking a branch and trying to uh, hit the animal to guide the animal because he's not even sitting on the on the uh, on the animal but nevertheless al says not only are you not allowed to um, uh, sit on the lead the wagon, you're not allowed to even sit on the wagon itself. Why not? Because the whole entire wagon is considered to be the side of the animal. Although the wagon isn't directly attached to the animal, the animal, out of the wagon comes these two pieces of iron. The iron is attached to the some some piece of leather, which is attached to the animal. But the Alptippus says we consider the entire wagon to be one entity with the uh, leather, and therefore, you're sitting on the wagon is considered to be sitting on the side of the animal. However, if there will be a ladder, let's say, that's perched on the wagon, then the Alta Rebbe said, that's okay, that's considered the side of the side of the animal, and therefore, that will be permissible. There is, in the Rebbe's library, uh, one safer of the Alta Rebbe that belonged to the Alta Rebbe, and the alt wrote various notes on this Sefer, uh, where more accurately, there's one note of the alt that the, the alt makes a comment on the Sefer of the Maharik. The Maharik quotes from Sefer at And Sefer at says that if a non-Jew is leading the animal, a Jew is allowed to sit on the wagon. The whole point of the decree is that a Jew may take a branch to guide the animal. If a non-Jew is anyways, God, he is leading the animal he's leading the wagon, he is sitting on in the front and he's leading the wagon. There's no reason to prohibit it. So the sefer atum is quoted by the Marik. And the Marik says that it would be permissible for you to sit in the wagon in the in the, in the case of a non-Jew leading the wagon. But the authaba comments on this and says Za'inoi. Za'inoi is a lachic uh, terminology for this is incorrect. It's a very strong strong expression. Usually the expressions are. So we look at this more carefully, but the Alta in his personal volume of the Marik, which is the only book we have the Al- from the Alter Rebbe, uh, any book that the Alter wrote his own notes on. And they only have one note, and this is the note. There, there are other notes, but more about like sources, but this is the Alter Rebbe brings a actual comment on this book. And he says, this is incorrect because the Marik is quoting the Sefer Atruma. The Sefer Atruma does seem to be saying what Marik is saying. However, the Sefer Atruma has two parts. He has his um, table of contents, and he has the uh, actual uh, halachas. And although in the halachas itself, it seems like what the Merik says is correct, but if you look at the table of contents, you can see clearly that he says that although a non-Jew is leading the wagon, a Jew is forbidden to sit on the wagon because it's called Side HaBehema, the side of an animal. Again, the only thing we'll you will be allowed to do is to perhaps lean on the side of the wagon, which is called the side of the side of the wagon, or, or to have a, a ladder, which is leaning against the wagon, but for a Jew to sit on the wagon would be prohibited. The uh, wording of the al Rebbe is Zeh This is incorrect. Um, if you can see money at that's what the Mardukhah and the Ramah both agree, that it's forbidden for a Jew to sit on a wagon, although a non-Jew is leading it. And this is a general theme in the in, Halakha, that when our sages made a decree, they made the decree in all instances, even though the reason may not seem to apply in this particular instance, because the Jew is not anyways going to take a a branch and and, and hit the the horse because he's not leading the wagon anyways, but our sages made a decree to cover um, all scenarios. There is an unusual um, measure of prohibitions and decrees that our sages made about using an animal. Not only are you not allowed to lean against the animal, our sages said further that in Simon uh Sif Chav Gimel, it says, You're not allowed to lean against it. You're not allowed to use an animal at all. But then he adds something. He says that even if you're trying to uh, put a, uh, a, a leash on the animal, you'd be very careful when you put the leash on the animal, not to, um, not to lean against the animal. But you ought have to put on the uh, muzzle on the animal. It's, it's used for the animal, it's not considered mukta. Be careful, though, The he says, don't lean against the animal while you put it on. But he says, there's one thing you're not allowed to put on the animal. You can't put the saddle on the animal. Why not? Because it's impossible to put a saddle on the animal without leaning against it. So not only are you not allowed to use an animal, but you're not allowed to even do something which is connected to the animal. You can't can't put the saddle on the animal because if you put the saddle on, you're inevitably going to lean against the animal. It says, for example, also that if an animal arrives in your home carrying a burden on Arab on Shabbos, and there's, there's, there's you want to remove the burden from the animal, so there's, let's say, two bags that are tied to each other on the back of the animal, a lot of says you're allowed to remove them. But you have to be careful, don't lean against the animal, and not even put a saddle on because it's inevitably going to lean against the animal. So we see how how, how much the, the weight the Chachamim put on this decree of using an animal, to the extent you're not allowed to even do something which will cause you to lean against the animal. Usually, for muktzah, the laws of muktza, um, don't prohibit us to lean against muktzah. Something which is muktzah, you're allowed to lean against it, just not allowed to move it. Here is unique. The, the chacham, for example, a rock. I'm to sit on top of a rock on Shabbos, although a rock is muktzah. But the reason you to sit on it because you're not moving the rock. But here. Our sages said that you're not, a, not only not allowed to move the animal, you're also not allowed to put the saddle on the animal. The question is like this, how come there's a difference between the laws of using the, using the side of, of the animal, leaning against an animal, which the Chum said is forbidden because you might end taking a branch and, and guiding the animal. How come the Chum weren't as careful Regarding leaning against a tree. Let's say you want to tie your shoes and you're dry, walking on Shabbos, you want to lean against a tree on Shabbos, they're allowed to do that. So the Alt Rebbe says, although he says that you're not allowed to use a side of a tree, only the side of a side, but he writes in Simon Shinlam and Vav, ilan bar, You're allowed to lean against a healthy tree. Meaning if the tree is not going to move, it's a healthy tree, you're allowed to lean against that tree. If it's a weaker tree, you're not allowed to. Why? Because you are causing the tree to move. You're using a tree. You can't lean against the tree. How come we are um, more lenient regarding a tree, and we say that if the tree is a healthy tree, you could lean against the tree, but by an animal, we say that you cannot lean against the animal. Now, you might want to say that the difference is that the... uh, the tree, um, the the animal isn't going to move, but it's not really true. If you try to put a muzzle on an animal, you're going to move the animal, and uh, it's not because of movement. The, the truth is, by an animal, there are leniencies le- leniencies that the sages g- gave for an animal uh, uh, far more than by a tree. For example, usually things which are muktzah, an animal is considered muktzah on Shabbos. Animal, anything which has no usage on Shabbos is considered If It's not a vessel. It's not a food. It says in Simon Shinchas, anything which has no status of a vessel, there's no usage on Shabbos. It's not food for a person, food for an animal. For example, animals, he says they are not considered a keli, not considered a utensil. You're not allowed to move them on Shabbos. And he says not only not allowed to move them, an irregular animal. I feel people think of an animal belongs to you, so then it has a different status, but the author doesn't seem to subscribe to that opinion. The author writes in Simon, Sif Ein Ches, and Simon I feel Oif Let's say you have a bird, and you use this bird to entertain your child. Your child needs to, uh, he gets, he's getting, his, his child is crying. You want your child to uh, calm down. So you have a bird in the house, you give the child a bird in order to uh, calm down. So the Ta'at Rebbe said, you're not allowed to move the bird on Shabbos. The, move, the bird is considered moktza. It's forbidden to move the bird on Shabbos, but there are different leniencies regarding an animal. If you tell the animal, hey, i left food for you outside. Why don't you come with me? You know, the animal won't exactly uh, know what you're talking about. So because it's Sarba you want to feed the animal, so you are allowed to slap the back of the animal, push the animal along, so it will go to eat the food, as it says in Shimon Shin Chesaf Intess, called You're allowed to push them along in a private domain. Hold its neck and help it move it along, so that it, for the sake of the animal, for the sake of the animal, the animal needs to eat. You are allowed to push the animal along. So the sages were lenient for the animal, for the sake of the animal. But we don't find that the, uh, the, the leniency that we find by trees, by animals. By, by trees, we say that for your own, not for the animal's sake, for your sake, you want to lean against the animal because you want to play with your child. We found before that Abaya met Rabba. And Rabbah had put the baby in the side of the animal and Abayah said it's wrong. Not that that's what the halacha is. But by a tree, we say that it's okay. You're allowed to lean against the tree. Why is that? Why are we more strict by an animal than we are by a tree? So you might think the difference between them is, is that just halacha has a different source for the laws of an animal, laws of a tree, and therefore we are more strict by the laws of an animal. But the truth is that it's the opposite. The distinction that the altar makes between a healthy tree and a healthy and, an, and a weak tree that gets moved, that, that, that when you lean against it, it moves along, it gets pushed. This distinction actually comes to the Yerushalmi. Gemari Yerushalmi brings two opinions in a, two different brises One brise says you're allowed to lean against a tree. One brise says you can't, I'm sorry, now lean, lean, lean against an animal. And one brise says you're not allowed to, to lean against an animal. And Ankhist explains it depends what kind of animal. If it's a strong animal, it won't get moved by you. So then you're allowed to lean against the animal. If it's not a strong animal, it's a bird or whatever, it's going to get moved and you lean against it, then you cannot lean against it. So so the whole source of this distinction we're making between healthy and unhealthy or strong or not weak is actually comes from the laws of animals. And yet we, we say that regarding a tree, only regarding a tree, not regarding an animal. The author doesn't make a distinction between an ox and a bird. You're never allowed to lean against an animal. But only regarding a tree does he make this distinction and say that if it's a healthy tree, you're allowed to lean against it. So why is this distinction made? Where does it come from? Rav Chista clearly held like the opinion of Rabbah. Remember before we learned that Rabbah says, you're allowed to lean against the side of an animal. So Chista subscribes to Pinnah and he also agrees that you're allowed to lean against the uh, the side of an animal as well. And he just makes a distinction and says, although I say you're allowed to lean against the side of an animal, if the animal will be moved, so then you're not allowed to. So transferring this to the way we, Pasch, and our halachic ruling is that the side of an animal is forbidden, only the side of the side of an animal is okay, which the analogy we gave before is leaning against the side of a wagon, so that would be okay as long as you're not moving the animal. Okay, but this why are we making a distinction between the animal and the tree? If the source, the laws of the tree, come from the laws of the animal, how come by an animal we say you can't lean against the animal, and again, by a tree we say you can? So there are those that say that's the reason why the author put this halacha in a parenthesis. This halacha comes from sin and of vav, sifcha but where the author puts this whole halacha of leaning against the tree in a parenthesis, the author put many things in parentheses because he had a doubt about them and he planned to look at them again and give a later halakhic ruling or leave them as a question and perhaps some say this is what the author's question is, maybe the reason the author put this in parentheses is because the author was questioning why are we indeed more leaning by a tree than we are by an animal, perhaps we should be more strict by a tree than we are by an animal, therefore we should not lean against the tree even the, though the tree is, is healthy. So though, although the optimist ruling is that you could, but pra, because in parentheses, there is room for, to say that you should be strictly not lean against a tree at all, because that it's, it's in a parentheses. Um, but we're trying to get to a and' it's a practical alafis over here, and we're not uh, really having any wagons driving through the streets of Pico Robertson tonight. So let's talk about having pets for a second people think that it's really permissible to have a pet on Shabbos, and although the, the alteruber says you can't lean against the animal so you shouldn't lean against it you're allowed to lift it up you're allowed to lift up an animal on Shabbos. but as we learned earlier it, it, it's, you're not you're not allowed to lift it up you're not even allowed to even prod it along to play with it you're only allowed to prod it along for it to find it to, for it to help the animal find its food just for you to play with the animal to lift the animal up is completely forbidden according to the alt Rebbe. there just like it's forbidden to move the entire animal it's also forbidden to move even part of the animal so it's really not not easy if you own a pet on shabbos uh, to take care, to, to to enjoy the animal because you're not able to play with it at all. And all you could do on Shabbos, it seems, is just to give the animal its needs. So what about walking outside with the animal? Let's say there's an Arif, and you want to walk outside to, uh, you to walk your dog, and you have a leash, and the leash is there for the sake of the animal. And you're not allowed to walk outside in America without a leash, so you have to take a leash, so when there's an Arif. So would you be allowed to walk your dog on Shabbos? So it, it, it seems you would think that it's okay because the leash is there for the sake of the animal. You hold on to the leash. You're not leaning against the animal. But there are several issues. One of them is easy to take care of, but the other two seem to be impossible. Issue number one, the al says that when you hold on to a leash, you can't have the leash sticking out, your, sticking out of your hand a atafach. It can't be a hand's breadth, the size of your hand sticking out of, of the leash sticking out because that doesn't seem to be part of the for the sake of the animal. Since that's just sticking out of your hand, it seems that that's not connected to the usage of the animal. And therefore, the optimist says that it's forbidden to let that part of the leash stick out of your hand. OK, so that you could take care of. You could hold in the leash from the very end. That's fine. But there's another issue. Other issue is, is that. It says further, you're not allowed to have the, um, the leash touch the floor on Shabbos. You have to keep the leash above the ground. Now, you're running with your dog. How are you going to keep your leash above the ground the whole time? Not only that, Dr. says you're not even let the leash get close to the ground within a tafach. So it's really impossible to walk your dog and be careful that the leash will not touch the floor unless you're really, really focusing on it. That's uh, not really so easy, as he says in um, Sif Tess and Simon Shenhei. If you're uh, taking an animal outside, make sure that the top of the rope that you're pulling the animal with not sticking out of your hand more than a tafakh. Because it seems like you're carrying this part of the rope in your hand. It doesn't look like it's part of the animal. It doesn't look like it's part of the leash. And also be careful that the rope should be above the ground. Now, that would be difficult, but perhaps you might think that you'll take care of that. However, there's another issue. Other issue is, you're taking your animal out to walk and the animal's going, you have to take a bag with you also, right? Why are you allowed, halachically to clean up after the animal on Shabbos? If the animal does something in your own house, so, there's a, so it's not considered a mukta to clean up from the animal because it's called graf shalrei. The halacha says that if you're in a situation on Shabbos where you're very uncomfortable because things aren't so pleasant, things are dirty, so you want to enjoy the Shabbos, so you're allowed to move things which aren't pleasurable for you. Parenthetically, it's a very beautiful story about Amesha Feinstein. I don't know the exact details of the story. Someone asked Amesha, are you allowed to move something in your house on Shabbos, that's a mukza, which is not honorable on Shabbos, not honorable to have in your house? Let's say you want to move, let's say, for example, the television out of your living room because you felt the television doesn't belong in your living room on Shabbos. So you told Amesha, I think it should be allowed to move your television out of the living room because it's not covered Shabbos. So Ramesha responded, the honor of Shabbos is keeping the laws of Shabbos. Just because something is not to your fancy, to your level of religiosity, on Shabbos doesn't mean you're allowed to move it on Shabbos. However, if something is bothering your nose, and bothering your vision, and bothering your comfortability, on Shabbos your body, is you can't handle that the dog has just made something in your living room. So that certainly is permissible well, why are you allowed to go in America? You, you Your dog who makes somewhere, and you don't clean it up, you're going to get a fine. And besides the fact you're not going to get, so, so your neighbors aren't going to like you that much. So, um, and it's not right I think. do anyway, so, but how are you allowed to go in the first place? They dug out in order to clean it. It doesn't seem to be in the category of graph shell, ray. So bottom line is, is that it would seem not so easy to, um, to take a dog out on Shabbos, keeping all these three considerations in mind, that it shouldn't stick out of your hand, that the rope shouldn't, that the leash shouldn't touch the ground. And in the first place, that you're going to take the dog out to, to uh, in a way that you're going to have to clean it in a way that runs into many questions on on Shabbos. And that's what I wanted to share tonight. I hope it didn't ruin your evening, giving all these uh, additional stringencies that you may have heard of before. Uh, but the bottom line is that uh, keeping the Shabbos brings tranquility and peace. And Being careful of the Shabbos brings all the brachas of Hashem. As the Gemara says, if keeping the laws of the Shabbos carefully, all of our of various all sins are forgiven. And it brings the brachas of the true Pekulot from Any questions or comments or criticism or tomatoes or cucumbers? All right. Thank you for joining.